Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. And today we are going to be talking conference expansion and the potential of it. It's obviously been a big topic of discussion amongst college football fans with the news that Texas and Oklahoma have bolted for the SEC. I've already dove into this a couple of times, so it's It's not necessarily going to all be new talking points, but there is a report from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports that the American Conference is looking to poach the remaining members of the Big 12 Conference. I'm going to talk about that, the implication of the Mountain West, all that. I'm also going to go over how Warren Jackson can, you know, make his impact, how he has the best opportunity to end up, you know, carving out a role with the Denver Broncos. Before I get into all of that, though, I want to shout out my guy, Ola B.C. Johnson of the Minnesota Vikings, the standard. He unfortunately tore his ACL. That report came out last Friday. I found out last Saturday. And I was gutted, man. I was I was gutted. That, that definitely, it just, it hurts, you know, when you see good people, when you see bad things happen to good people. He's one of the hardest workers I know. And he's just genuinely a great guy. And that's not always the case, you know, with professional athletes. You know, that's just keeping it real. Some of them can be, you know, really selfish, me first type people. You know, BC, as made clear by his camp at Bear Creek High School this summer, all about giving back, all about the community. He was great with the kids. That's just always how he's been, you know. So I I really feel for him. I I felt like he was going to be in for a big year. This was going to be his third professional season. Now, you know, ends before he even gets the opportunity. And it's just a brutal game, man. It's a brutal, brutal game. You know, I have have faith that BC will come back stronger. Obviously, he's a grinder, the type of dude that's going to put in the work necessary, you know, to make that comeback. But I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I'll just... I've been thinking a lot lately about just how tough it really can be to sports, to be a sports fan at times. You know, I, I obviously love sports. They're my life. I talk about them for a living. I'm absolutely obsessed in every way imaginable. But, you know, when you think about, you know, the majority of the last 20 years for CSU football or the Broncos over the last half decade post Peyton Manning, I mean, the Rockies at any point of my life, Sports can really just be brutal, and that's only from a fan's perspective. And 
that's not even getting into someone like BC Johnson who had to experience, you know, all of the frustration of coming so close throughout the Mike Bobo era. So many, you know, tight losses, bowl losses, rivalry losses. Then he goes to a place where he, you know, makes an impact right away. And, you know, now he's just, he gets hurt one year after they draft a, you know, Justin Jefferson, who's been a superstar. And it's just a tough game. It's just a tough game. That's the only way to put it. But best wishes to BC and his entire family. And, you know, hope he comes back even stronger next season. You know, I, I have no doubts that he's the type of guy that will put in the work necessary to do so. All right, before I move on and, and talk about Warren Jackson, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Housing market in Colorado, it's crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process for you. They're going to alleviate so much stress and take that worry off of your plate. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members. They're CSU alumni. They work nights, they work weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. Ultimately, their goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. As mortgage brokers, they shop over a dozen lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. Tell him Justin from DNVR Ramp sent you. That's 970-412-2472. Or again, you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, you know, talking about BC, that's obviously really of a bummer, you know, not the way we wanted to lead the podcast, but I just figured let's just get it out of the way so that we can talk about, you know, conference expansion and so we can talk about a guy that we're all rooting for as well with Warren Jackson. You know, he... It's, it's a tough spot being in Denver considering just how many wide receivers they have in the room. You know, they've got a lot of guys that have already been impact players, other guys that they've just invested a lot of draft capital in. You know, when we think back to the Shaquille, Shaquille Barrett situation, you know, draft politics and, you know, when teams invest highly in a player, they're obviously going to get more opportunities if they draft them at all, they're probably going to get more opportunities. You know, they took Seth Williams out of Auburn. So it's going to be an uphill battle for Warren to, you know, make this team this season. I, I think he has a great shot at the very least of being a practice squad guy. I'm not trying to talk him down. You know, I've said on a couple occasions, I think he has a potential to be the most impactful wide receiver in the NFL that's, you know, come out of CSU. And that's obviously extremely high praise because Michael Gallup is killing it. Richard Higgins is killing it. Preston Williams, when he's been healthy, has killed it. But Warren is a beast, man. He is an absolute beast, and he's just one of those guys that his size is, is just going to make him such a mismatch. With that in mind, though, I've you know put down a, a couple of key points for Warren you know, to eventually be an impactful player for the Denver Broncos. The first thing that I put is be like BC. And that means you got to shine when your number is called. 
nobody expected BC Johnson to get on the field in his first couple of years, at least not out in Minnesota. You know, I talked to a couple of different Vikings reporters actually had uh, two of them on the Rams podcast. And, you know, they, they were like, yeah, you know, we've heard some good things. BC earned the trust of the coaching staff by busting his ass in practice. More importantly, you know, when Adam Thielen went down and BC kind of got put into the spotlight, you know, unexpectedly, he contributed, you know, he found a way to make sure that, you know, his name and his game was memorable in those starts. Now, you know, just being 100% honest, the odds of Warren getting a start this season, probably not very high. And that just has to do with the amount of players that are in front of him with NFL experience. But, you know, we've got preseason coming up. Obviously, training camp just started. I've had a lot of people tweet at me being like, you know, what's the deal with Warren? Is he standing out? You know, he's not getting, you know, enough reps where it's, you know, really enough of a sample size to say at this point. Guys like him, you know, you got to look at the totality of their work. So we'll have to see, you know, over the course of the next month. And then especially in the preseason games, you know, there's only three of them this year. Obviously, they're they're playing one less exhibition given the 17th regular season game that they added to the schedule this year. So, you know, you've got three opportunities to really make an opportunity. And that kind of brings me to my next point, which is, Make yourself indispensable by doing the little things. There's a lot of talented wide receivers on the roster. So the opportunity of, you know, you really shining with the first team guys, that's likely not going to happen. But you can make a name for yourself doing the, you know, dirty work on special teams by, you know, proving that you're going to be a dedicated run blocker by picking up the pads if you have to. I mean, that's obviously a little bit of a joke, but you just got to be willing you're going to, You got to prove that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make this team. I mean, think back to Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, his first impact play with the Denver Broncos was laying the wood in special teams in a game in Japan. I mean, that's that's just how it works in this league. You got to stand out by doing whatever it takes. I think Warren has the right attitude, you know, to do that. And so I'm not really that worried about him. But I mean, you think back over the years, David Bruton, Kayvon Webster, these guys weren't on the roster because they were getting a lot of reps, you know, on, on offense or defense. They were playing on special teams. It's, it's super important. I mean, <laughs> CSU fans know all too well when you don't have good special teams, everything goes to shit. And then, you know, just the last key is stay the course. It's probably going to be a long process for him. I think there's a good shot. He ends up on the practice squad. If that's the case, just keep grinding, keep doing your thing. And eventually when your number gets called, when they, you know, put you in a situation to shine, you got to live up to it. But, you know, Shaq Barrett, he didn't make his impact immediately. A lot of undrafted guys don't make their impact immediately. You know, sometimes it takes a year or two. And I think he's well positioned to, you know, eventually be a guy that is contributing, especially, you know, maybe, maybe in like 2022. I, I doubt that they bring back both Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. And those are both, you know, kind of the big bodied wide receivers on the team right now. Everybody else, you know, Judy, a little bit shiftier, speedy, speedy guy, great route runner, KJ Hamler, obviously his game's basically all predicated on speed, but, you know, there's reliability concerns with Hamler. His game is really based on speed, and he has recurring hamstring issues, and that's a big problem. So my point is, you know, the future is 
unguaranteed for a lot of these guys. It's tough to say if KJ Hamler is still going to be with the team in 2022. It's tough to say if, you know, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are both going to be with the team. As long as, you know, Warren Jackson keeps working, you know, keeps making a solid impression with the coaches, eventually he's going to get that opportunity and then you just got to make the most of it. All right. I feel like I'm getting a little repetitive here, so I'm going to move on and, and talk about the Big 12 Mountain West stuff. But before I do, DraftKings Sportsbook, not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Our athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold right now. DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. You heard me. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. There's no way that's not going to happen. 100 to 1 odds on this doesn't come around very often. So make sure you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now. Get in on all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends, my family, everyone has been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download it now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins any medal. Again, that code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also got to shout out the homies at Manscaped. The Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championship, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't? A wild and hairy bush. Tam your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped, the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right by your balls. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going with the code DNVR. I'm telling you, everything that Manscaped does is high quality. Lawnmower 4.0, it's no different. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi-function on and off switch, which can engage with a travel lock. Gives you ability to turn a 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It's waterproof, so you can use it you know, in the shower if you want. Michael Phelps is drooling just thinking about the possibilities. The package also comes with the weed whacker to chop off your worst weeds in both your nose and ear. This tool is a lock to take home gold in the biathlon. (laughs) The weed whacker is waterproof as well. It's got a 9,000 RPM motor, a 360 degree travel travel rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skincare technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After trimming your pubes, show them some sportsmanship with Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are the key to feeling victorious this year. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts in their Performance Package 4.0, the Boxers, which are super comfy, and a shed travel bag, which I genuinely swear by it. I use it everywhere. It fits my razor, you know, my trimmer, all kinds of stuff, deodorant, hair gel, comb. I got a lot when I travel. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. All right, let's talk super conferences and the impacts what the Mountain West should be thinking. Dennis Dodd of CBS reported that the American Conference was looking to poach the remaining eight members of the Big 12. If that were the case, obviously it'd be a 20-team conference. Whether that would be considered a super conference or not, I'm not really sure. But that's kind of beside the point. I would say, you know, at least they're out being aggressive. You know, that's what Mountain West fans would want from Craig Thompson, from all the athletic directors. It's an arms race right now. I mean, there's a report now that Clemson and Florida State have also reached out to the SEC. I mean, it really seems like we're trending in a direction where there's just going to be four, you know, maybe 20-team conferences. You know, originally it was looking more like 16. I don't know. I I think it will probably get to 18 or 20. And then, you know, everyone else, you know, just kind of might get left behind, maybe not necessarily altogether. You know, it might not be a situation where you're having to drop down a level like the FCS or something like that. But I mean, more or less, you're just not going to be relevant in the modern college football landscape. You're not going to have a legitimate chance to compete for a national championship. You're obviously going to be bringing in a slim, slim portion of revenue compared to, you know, these major leagues. And ultimately, you know, some of those schools might just decide it's not worth investing that much money in football altogether. And I don't know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that could come from this. And I I try not to be too overreactionary. I don't want to, you know, be saying the sky is falling, but I am concerned about the the future of college football. I'm not going to lie, especially just being a CSU guy. I mean, being completely honest, I don't really think anybody west of about Oklahoma should feel that confident right now about the the way college football is trending. The Pac-12 is, you know, it's got a leg up on the Mountain West just because of a couple of programs, you know, Oregon and USC in particular. But, you know, we all we all can keep it real when it comes to that. The Pac-12, it's not it's not the SEC. It's not the ACC even, certainly not the Big Ten. And I know that they have a lot of history. And I know that, you know, teams like USC and Oregon, they've been really high profile and other, you know, programs, UCLA have had moments in the sun as well. But ultimately, it's just a significant step below these leagues and with these leagues, which already have a substantial you know, leg up now looking to add even more teams. I just think that the gap seems to be getting further and further between the haves and the have nots. And because of that, you know, I think it's, it's wise that a conference like the American is trying to do whatever it can to, you know, add these eight remaining teams from the PAC 12. If you listen to the draft pod, you know, kind of talking to Henry Chisholm who covers the buffs for us, you know, he said the PAC 12 commissioner more or less said, you know, they think they're okay with their current members and, you know, adding some of these teams from the big 12 wouldn't necessarily move the the needle for them. And obviously he might be being a little bit coy, you know, maybe he doesn't want to, I don't know, maybe it's like a smoke screen or something like that, but I just think that's the wrong stance to have, whether it'll actually work or not in the end, you know, we'll have to see down the line, but I'd rather go down swinging than go down looking. I've often said that I think the talent level of the Mountain West is on par with a lot of these other teams. You know, it's not the SEC, but most teams in the Mountain West on a consistent basis are going to be able to compete with a lot of the teams out of the Big 12, with a lot of teams out of the Pac-12, even some of the lower end ACC teams. 
I mean, we saw CSU go into Boston College and upset the Eagles back in 2014. It, it's not that uncommon. We saw Boise State, you know, win a couple of ACC games of the last, you know, couple of years or so. It's it's a pretty good league. It'd be an even better conference if they wouldn't have lost Utah and BYU and, and TCU back in the day. And, you know, that's kind of what got me thinking. You know, obviously TCU has the Mountain West Commission or connection. You know, would they be willing to return, especially now? I mean, as it currently stands, the eight teams in the Big 12, they all have decent athletic brands in their own right, but none of them were the big kids at the table. I mean, that was all Texas and Oklahoma. They were the Big 12. I've already talked about, you know, the possibility of some of the G5 teams they could scoop up, obviously, you know, BYU, Boise State, San Diego State, CSU, Cincinnati, Central Florida, South Florida, Memphis, you know, those type of programs. But even if you added some form of, you know, four to eight of those teams, you're still going to be significantly a step below, you know, most of these other major conferences. I just don't know if that moves the needle. If you add all of them, if the Mountain West and the Big 12 just combine all together, that could possibly be the best case scenario. I mean, it would give you a footprint in a lot of different time zones for the Mountain West. It gives you, you know, access back in Texas again. If you're Big 12 teams, it gives you better access to the West Coast. Again, you know, it's it would be a step below, you know, the Big Ten, the SEC, some of these other conferences. But I think in totality, when you look at the situation, I think all these programs would be better. They'd be more stable if they all join forces. At the very least, it beats the Pac-12 mentality of doing absolutely nothing and sitting on your hands and saying, nah, we're good. We're just going to watch this arms race pass us by. And maybe that's me being a little too critical of the Pac-12. I think anybody that follows me consistently, knows that I, I don't know, I just get frustrated by the Pac-12 as a whole. There's this level of arrogance that's never made sense to me, especially considering the gap between them and, you know, the the real major conferences in college football. Again, you know, I respect the history and all that, but I mean, it's no secret that I'm not a big, tw- I'm not a big Pac-12 guy. They, they poached Utah from the Mountain West. I didn't like that. You know, obviously CU going to the Pac-12, that killed The old Big 12, which was a conference that I grew up following and loved. I loved all the rivalries. I thought it made so much sense geographically. So there's just a lot of reasons where I'm not a Big 12 guy or a Pac-12 guy. My goodness, I'm sorry. But I don't know. I'm just trying to be transparent here. I get that my disdain for all things Pac-12 could be playing into my rationale here. If the Mountain West and the Big 12 were to combine forces... I'd be curious to see what that would look like. Would it be four, five team, you know, pods? We kind of saw that talked about in, you know, the SEC with having like four, four team pods, given that they're a 16 team conference now. I think that could work. I think that probably makes more sense than just having two 10 team, you know, pods. I don't really, it's tough to say either way. Geographically, it would get a little bit wonky no matter how you did it. I kind of, sketch through it and try to come up with the best way and it's tough because you end up either with a ton of big 12 if you focus purely on geography then you basically just end up with mountain west teams together and big 12 teams together is that the best scenario maybe because at least you know you keep some of those regional ties and you know 
rivalries that kind of come with it, the, the local interest lines that have already been built up. But also, I think you'd probably want a little bit of mesh, especially just from a competition standpoint. If you're the Big 12 teams, you know, it, it would make more sense to kind of mix them all up. I don't know. My off that this is like my first rough draft of it. It would be, you know, UNM, Utah State, Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech. Then you could have CSU, Wyoming, Boise State, San Diego State, and Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, West Virginia, Iowa State, and Air Force, UNLV, Nevada, Fresno State, San Jose State, and Hawaii. Though I'd be lying if, you know, I'd, I think you would try and kick Hawaii out eventually and replace them with BYU. That That's just kind of off the top of my head what, you know, four or five team pods could kind of look like. Obviously, you could... Mix it up a little bit if you wanted a little bit more of a variety sake. You know, you have one division that has four Big 12 teams, another one that has five Mountain West teams. That's not necessarily ideal, but it's tough because you do want to keep some of these teams together. Like, I think it makes sense to keep Kansas and Kansas State together. I think it makes sense to keep UNLV and Nevada together. CSU and Wyoming, you know, keep them together. Air Force, they're a little bit more flexible. You can kind of use them for with anything I, I would still hope that they would play teams like csu and, and you know wyoming but they don't necessarily have to be in the same pod you know it, it wouldn't make a ton of sense to have the the kansas teams in the same you know pod as california teams from a travel standpoint there's just there's a lot of hurdles you'd have to jump into and it wouldn't be perfect no matter what you did but geographically it still makes a hell of a lot more sense than you know combining with the american they'd be all over the place you know florida and Memphis, like I said, Cincinnati, it'd just be a ton of travel, especially for those Texas teams. With Texas, you know, it's it's not that far to go to Utah or to Colorado or, you know, you get to still go to Kansas and Iowa and all those other schools. And New Mexico's obviously right on their border. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased here, but it just feels like a Mountain West Big 12 merger makes more sense than an American merger. Other than the fact that, you know, the American has a little bit more shine than the Mountain West does right now. And whether that's you know, accurate or not, you know, whether they should, I just think that's the case. They have a little bit more clout, you know, given the success that UCF and Cincinnati especially have had in, in recent years, but even other programs like Memphis and Houston have, have kind of been in the national spotlight. You could work through the logistical stuff, no matter what the, the case ends up being. All I know is I just don't want to see an attitude of let's just sit on our hands and do nothing while the rest of these teams kind of pass us by. I mean, it's it's a situation where you have to still be relevant when all of this conference realignment finally you know comes to a conclusion. When the dust finally settles, you're either going to be on one line, one side of the line, or the other. And you know you want to be on this on the side that's relevant. Anyways, you know that's where I'm at right now. That's kind of my opinion on this whole scenario. If a G5 league were to combine with the Big Twelve. I think it'd be kind of interesting. I'd, I would definitely be a fan of it. I think it'd be better for the Big 12. I think it'd be better for the Mountain West. It, uh, it'll be tough on the Mountain West, especially if the American does manage to add these eight teams. And like I said, the Mountain West just kind of sits on their hands and, and does nothing. At that case, at that point, I think, you know, it'd be a tough situation for the Mountain West, for the Pac-12, for all these West Coast-based conferences. It already is. I mean, I don't know. I thought as much as I dislike him, Colin Coward, I thought, made a really great point. He he talked about, yes, adding Texas and Oklahoma is interesting from a TV-watching standpoint, but 
You're also just abandoning so much tradition, you know, so many geographic rivalries, so much of what, you know, makes college football special to so many different people. And he's kind of worried if all of the good teams end up only being in the SEC, college football could kind of be like NASCAR, where, you know, only one region of the country genuinely, you know, lives and breathes for it. That's what makes the NFL so special. You have people in every part of the country interested. And slowly but surely, we are kind of gravitating towards a situation where it's only going to be the South that matters. That's not good for college football, like period. I think that's easy to understand, but a lot of change. A lot of change is coming and we'll keep talking about it as it happens, but I'm, I'm really interested to see what the next six to eight months look like in college football between conference realignment and the impending you know vote on a college football playoff expanding to 12 teams there's just a lot of change coming and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out all right we'll have more content throughout the week i'm actually out on vacation but i'll continue to be producing content for you guys just enjoying a little time in the mountains before life gets hectic you know with fall camp and college football and the grind you know i'm looking forward to it don't get me wrong but just trying to get a little moment of serenity while i can Shout out to everybody that listens to the podcast. Shout out to everybody that came out to the DNVR bar reopening over the weekend, especially Trey McBride. It was a hell of a good time. We're going to have a watch party at Panhandlers for the Toledo game, so make sure you have your eyes out on that for information. You know, we'll have merch there. By then, we'll have the Trey McBride shirts out. It's going to be dope. Going to be absolutely dope. Thank you to everybody that subscribes to the podcast. You guys make my dreams come true. Thank you to everybody that's a DNVR member. All right, I think I, I think I remembered everyone. Thank you, mom and dad, making this all possible. Do it like a crammy speech. All right, that's all I got. Have a good one. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.